A big second half by Florida's offense nearly cost Missouri the ball game. Should we give the credit more to the Gators or blame to the Missouri defense? Plus, after losing to Jackson State, it's time to reevaluate this Missouri basketball season. All this and more coming up right now on Locked On Mizzou. You are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And honestly, I asked everybody over on X.com, what should I get started with today? Should I start with the debacle against Jackson State, or should we lead with the positive and go with some more Missouri-Florida talk? Well, by a nearly two-to-one margin, the vote was pretty clear. We're going to start with football here. So if you think I'm avoiding the Jackson State game, don't worry. We're going to get there here in just a little bit. But obviously, I think there were a lot of Missouri football fans that were concerned about the Missouri defense in the second half. Just that a lot of saw a lot of people online going, "Man, what what happened? We were dominating the game basically in the first half, save an explosive play here and there." And in the second half, it just looked a lot different. Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to give Florida most of the credit for the second half scoring. They hit some really nice explosive plays. I thought Napier and his staff did a nice job of taking advantage of what Missouri does defensively at times. But a lot of it was stuff that actually Missouri does offensively as well, putting their skill position guys, in particular like Trevor Etienne, brother of Travis Etienne, the former Clemson Tiger, current Jacksonville Jaguar. Well, his little brother Trevor's a heck of a player too, and Florida was doing a nice job of losing players like him in the wash, behind the line of scrimmage, just confusing the Missouri linebackers and safeties at times, and let's face it, ETN is going to be a good matchup against second-string Missouri linebackers, but even Tyron Hopper, any linebacker in the Southeastern Conference is going to have trouble keeping up with a guy like ETN, to be fair to, to Chuck Hicks and Tristan Newsom, I'm just saying the Gators for... As much as there was talk, my show was certainly a part of this. Brandon Olson of Locked On Gators was really negative coming into this ball game. Florida is not totally bereft of talent. There's no question about that. These guys have scholarships too. And to that point here, I, I want there was a really crucial play here. Florida down nine, fourth down and four. There were people around me that actually thought the Gators should have punted the ball here in this situation. I thought it was the right call to go for it. And well, ultimately, they did convert. Let's bring up that snap here quickly. So again, just to reset, it's fourth down and four here. Florida is on its own 31-yard line. There is 11 minutes and 23 seconds to go. They're down by nine. So if they punt the ball here, obviously they're hoping they can play defense and get the ball back. 
I just think the way that this game was playing out, fourth down and four here, this was the right call to go for it, even if Florida doesn't make it, because at some point, you're probably going to have to convert a fourth down conversion anyway. Four yards to go is not that much to ask. So what does Florida do here? You'll notice usual dime package here on a passing situation for Missouri. Ennis Rakestraw moves into the slot here on the right side of your screen. Chris Abrams drain over there as well. So what does Florida do? They throw to the opposite side of the field wisely, taking their chances with Drayden Norwood, who has really good coverage, by the way. A slant route on the outside here. I mean, he is all over this. Look at the moment the ball hits his hands, the Florida defender, that is. I mean, he's practically being tackled at the moment the ball is caught. That's about as close a coverage as you can get without interfering with the play, makes a hit, and of course, a good throw here by the backup quarterback for the Gators and an even better catch in traffic. I don't know really what you want Drayden Norwood to do better here. Again, my point is is just that, hey, sometimes the other team has good players too and they're going to execute good plays. The point is, that's about as good a coverage as Drayden Norwood is going to make there, and if that ball falls incomplete, well, the game's over. So to me, that's good defense and just a little bit better offense. And this next play here, a Florida touchdown when the Gators were trailing by six. They take the lead here early in the third quarter. You'll notice the play action fake here. The linebacker, number 30, Chuck Hicks, sucks in initially on the run action, retreats backwards after realizing it's a pass, but apparently Trevor Etienne is his man there, gets turned around, and, well, he just gives way too much space here for ETN, and that's just a hard matchup, again, for Chuck Hicks or any linebacker in that spot. Obviously, he gets a little turned around here in coverage and gives ETN way too much space, but a nice job by Graham Mertz to buy time and give ETN that room for the Florida touchdown. So, again, I just obviously you'd love to see a little bit better coverage here, at the same time, again, Trevor Etienne's a really good player, so let's let's not get too frustrated at the Missouri defense. That's my main takeaway I want people to come away with here. And you know what? Before we get to the final drive for Missouri, of course, the 4th and 17 plays, what everybody remembers, but I want to show you the whole thing, but let's also just take a moment to appreciate the great Cody Schrader because it's not just hey the Missouri offensive line has been so much better this season but obviously Schrader is running great you, the more you watch his film it's obvious how run, how well he's running the football now here's the usual outside zone play from Missouri not a whole lot to the to the spot the play is usually supposed to go right so a beautiful little cutback here by Schrader just good vision and number 10 here, well, you don't have much of a chance to make a play either. A good block by Weiss, but just within small spaces here, Schrader has done a great job of running the football on this play here in particular. Look at what Schrader does once again as we roll it forward here. Looks like he's stopped for no gain here, right? Number one's like, hey, I've got him. No problem. The outside player here unblocked. Hey, I got him. Schrader, I'm just about to take you down for no gain. But instead, what does Schrader do? Hits the B button, circle, spins right around him, and gains five positive yards instead of no gain. That is all Cody Schrader yards right there. Those are 
those five yards are all his without question. And once again, people have talked about how, hey, listen, everybody loves Derrick Henry, right? Six foot three, 250 pounds of pure statuesque muscle. But sometimes being being a short guy behind the six foot five offensive lineman, hey, where is Cody Schrader? Can you see him on this particular snap? I can't either. I'm guessing the defenders and the linebackers in particular at the second level can't really see him either. But, oh, there he is. Comes out through the second level and punishes number 20. Once again, gets an extra three three yards after the contact. I mean, Cody Schrader, he's not just some some guy who is getting the yards that are there by a tremendous offensive line. He is creating his own yards as well, and he is absolutely worthy of of being the first-team All-SEC running back the more you watch it. And one more play for Cody I just want to show on the big touchdown run here. Speaking of vision, right at this moment, okay, Cody takes the handoff, and boy, it sure seems like Connor Tolleson and Cameron Johnson have cleared out a nice big hole here in the A-gap for Cody Schrader. But there is a Florida defender in that A-gap, waiting for him to make a play there. So what does Cody Schrader do? Just makes a real subtle little cut that makes number 20 here think that Cody is going to go in that gap, but instead, no, I'm going the other direction. See you later. Touchdown, Missouri. That's just a veteran player right there making a veteran run. And coming up, nobody who watched that Missouri-Florida game is ever going to forget the magic of that 4th and 17 conversion to Luther Burden. But I want to look back at the rest of the magic of that excellent drive, that game-winning drive by the Missouri Tigers and Brady Cook. But first, I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, and I'm really, really excited about this one. College students in particular, listen up. There's an incredible app called Listening.com, which can take any academic paper, PDF, or class material and turn it into an audio book. We're talking math equations, technical words, complicated documents. It knows to skip all the citations, footnotes, and references, and it lets you jump straight to the chapter or section you want to listen to. I'm telling you, this would have been a game changer for me when I was in college. I'm just not a huge fan of sitting in a dark room and reading books. I'd much rather just be out and about moving, whether it's riding a bike or hitting golf balls, just taking a walk. That's how I like to to learn personally. It's one reason why I love podcasts. So here's what you will have to do if you're interested in this product. Go to listening.com slash locked on. And here's the best part. You'll get your first three weeks for free. Go ahead and give it a try because usually they give you two weeks for free because you're a listener of this show. You'll get an extra week for free when you go to listening.com slash locked on. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. And for your second listen, checked out the brand new first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel, on YouTube. It's Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Be, again, be sure to subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. It's Locked On Sports Today. Now, everybody knows Luther Burden has been an incredible asset for Missouri this season, if not its absolute best player. I could certainly see an argument for Luther or Cody Schrader. Whoever you want to pick, Luther's definitely up there. 
But as far as the Missouri wide receiver unit goes, man, that whole unit has been really strong all year. And on this game-winning drive, it wasn't just the 4th and 17. No, Makai Miller, the young fella, and Mookie Cooper, the veteran, had some really big plays on this drive to make it all happen for Missouri as well. So first of all, I want to show you this first play involving Makai Miller that actually sets up, that not actually only gets big yardage here, but sets up something for later in the drive as well. Now you'll see Makai Miller here, number 10, in the slot for Missouri. And this is a route that Missouri has run a lot in crucial situations for Miller. And you notice at the snap here, he takes a step inside and more often than not, does a little shimmy shake there at the end. More often than not, he runs an out in that particular situation. Usually against man coverage, you'll see Miller running out on that route. But because it's a zone and he sees number 34 moving into the spot where he would normally run an out route, well, Miller sits in the zone perfectly, gives Brady Cook an easy toss and target for a quick first down on this opening, or I should say on this game-winning drive by the Tigers. And keep in mind, again, what I said there on that route by Miller. Notice he usually he looks outside, sees the defender there, sits right in the zone. Keep that in the back of your mind coming up for the rest of this drive. But we, but before we get to another successful play for Missouri, let's actually nitpick here. This is actually third and 17. We talked about the fourth and 17 because it converted. Well, if Missouri doesn't get a, a somewhat of a miracle conversion there on fourth and 17, I think this is actually the snap that Missouri and Brady Cook and the whole team is really going would ha, would have really regretted. You'll see Mookie Cooper and Luther Burden here on the outside, more or less kind of stacked together, and there's a reason for that. You'll notice the route that Mookie Cooper runs here to the outside. Well, it rubs off the man who is defending Luther Burden. And what does that do? Well, that little bit of legal contact here, that's not a pick. That's a good route by Mookie Cooper. Perfectly legal play here. But what does that do? Gets Luther Burden absolutely wide open. And frankly, that's just a ball that has to be thrown there by Brady Cook. I don't really know what he's thinking or seeing or reading there because I just got to imagine by the design of this play, this has to be this has to be the number one receiver is Luther Burden here. I have to believe that Mookie's route here, yeah, sure, you can throw this ball up to him if he's got a step, no doubt about it. That's an option. But really, the design here is for Mookie to rub off Luther Burden's man, which he executes perfectly, by the way, getting Luther Burden wide open. There's no way that the single high safety there, 14, is any kind of a threat with a decently thrown football. If anything, he gets that on him quickly, He's got one guy to beat, and it's maybe a touchdown. So, fortunately, Missouri obviously picks up, picks it up on the next play on 4th and 17. But, boy, that was a real miss there by Brady Cook. Fortunately, he makes up for it later in this drive. And I told you to remember that Makai Miller route and how Missouri likes to run that in crucial situations. Well, second down and 10 at the 40-yard line, 21 seconds left. It's about as crucial as it gets. And you'll notice 
Missouri has essentially just flipped the previous formation that we saw previously on this drive. Still the same formation, just this time Miller and the Trips are lined up to the left side in this particular case. So what happens? Well, again, what does Miller do at the snap? He takes a step inside as if to read his man there. But again, it's man-to-man coverage here, so what What doesn't he do? He doesn't stop his route this time and find a hole. No, he continues on and beats presumably a safety here, number 14. Tough matchup for the Gators. Again, great job by Miller to get open. Gets down immediately after the first down to preserve the clock. Missouri runs up, spikes the ball, has plenty of time again for another play. Fortunately, with 13 seconds, hey, at the 30-yard line, you feel pretty good with a 47-yard Harrison Mevis kick. But you know what we'd feel even better about? Uh, a few more yards, yes, to Mookie Cooper. And as I've said before, the play that Missouri runs more than any other in terms of a passing play, at least that's not a screen pass, is definitely some type of flood variations. The numbers say this on SEC StatCat. Well, guess what? This is a flood variation, ladies and gentlemen. Why is it a flood? You'll notice Luther Burden is short in the flat. Mookie Cooper is sort of in the intermediate part on the sidelines. And Makai Miller getting deep here, running a corner route. So essentially, that makes it a pretty quick and easy read just to one side of the field. And, well, obviously Brady Cook made the perfect read Throws a great ball to Mookie Cooper, gets his feet down and making it a really easy Harrison Mevis field goal. Just tremendous execution. Other than the the miss on third and 17 by Cook, really just tremendous execution by him and the Missouri offense to win the game down the stretch. And while the Tigers move to 9-2 and two in thrilling fashion on the football field, well, we Missouri basketball and football fans, we couldn't be happy for more than 24 hours, could we? Uh, really embarrassing, frankly, loss to Jackson State before Missouri last night. And if we didn't have such a good football team to talk about, well, I would have been leading with that. The people on X spoke, though. They wanted me to lead with football. But you know what? It's time to get to the basketball team where, frankly, I can't blame experimentation anymore. This this team has some real concerns, and I think we need to reassess, reassess and reevaluate our expectations for the 23-24 squad. So let's talk all about Missouri hoops. Coming up here in just a second, but first I want to tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook, where you got to score early in the NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, well, there's no better time. The app is so easy to use with a wide range of betting options, including Missouri and Arkansas, where the Tigers are seven and a half point favorites heading into Fayetteville on Friday. But regardless of what you're into, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season in style. It's FanDuel official partner of the NFL. During the preseason, my personal expectations for Missouri basketball 
were to make the NCAA tournament for the second year under Dennis Gates. But after losing to Jackson State yesterday, who is not a good team by any by any measure that I can find whatsoever, Dennis Gates called them the best 0-5 team in the country after the game. I believe there are only two such teams in the country that fit that designation coming into the ball game. So I don't know. I wouldn't damn Missouri and Jackson State too much with faint praise there. But at this point, my expectations have got to be lowered a little bit. I, I realistically, I can't say that this is an NCAA tournament team right now. Not anymore. Not after last night. And frankly, not after Minnesota either. That was a really discouraging start by Missouri where the Tigers come back and obviously win the game at the end, but if you end up just losing that game by a point or two like Missouri did yesterday, you're feeling a lot more negative, or at least I would have been as a Missouri fan, and honestly, that that's silly. If you're if you're going to actually project forward, Missouri should be, should be a little bit better than this. They shouldn't be falling down by 20 points to a pretty mediocre Minnesota team, and I actually thought the last sequence of the ball game, the last couple possessions both defensively and offensively for Missouri kind of told the whole tale because down the stretch you actually have two true freshmen on the floor in Jordan Butler and Anthony Robinson I think a lot of that is defensively I'm just not sure that it's a little surprising that two of Missouri's best defenders right now seem to be true freshmen. That's not necessarily a great sign. And secondly, what's an even worse sign is that Missouri couldn't get off a shot at the last second against Jackson State. Part of that is, while I love Sean East and, and Nick Honor as players, to have both of those guys out there, if those are your one and two options offensively, well, those guys are pretty tiny in terms of actually trying to get off a shot, especially if you're going to try to get off anything but a three-pointer. That's kind of part of the problem for Missouri right now. Everything is a jump shot, it would seem. Don't get me wrong, I love three-pointers. It's just I don't know what, what, the second, what the second plan is for Missouri at this point. You know, and Jordan Butler, for instance, while I love – here's just a, a, gen, a more general thought I'm going to just bring up about basketball as it's played in 2023 in general – I get a little tired of watching, especially the second big man, not necessarily Noah Carter, not necessarily Kobe Brown last year, but I get tired of watching Jordan Butler stand in the corner already because even if he is a good three-point shooter, we haven't really seen that yet, but how is he supposed to develop anything offensively as a big man, as a forward other than just standing in the corner if that's what he does. Because I'm sure he's doing different things in practice. I get all that. But it's one thing to take what you do in practice and actually put it in the actual basketball game because I'm a little worried about Aiden Shaw now too because while I love his energy, his defense, the, the rebounding, has he developed any offense yet? Has he? I haven't seen any proof of it yet, and that's a little bit of a concern to me. I'm starting to wonder if the second forward, you know, the Carter to Kobe or whoever is second to Noah Carter this year, whether it's Butler, whether it's Aiden Shaw, do those guys have enough to do offensively? Are they going to be able to develop in any serious way offensively if all they're doing is just sort of standing off the ball and waiting for stuff to happen? That isn't specifically, again, a Dennis Gates criticism. This is kind of a criticism of just how basketball is played 
and 23 in general. The bottom line is, while on the good side, I do think Missouri is more versatile, certainly defensively, than it was last year. And I think this will be a better defensive team at the end of the year. I think offensively, boy, we seem even more reliant on jump shots and three-pointers, and especially two smallish guards to make stuff happen off the bounce. And frankly, you know, Noah Carter... I think, if anything, I underestimated how much. I knew Kobe Brown was a great player last season. I just thought maybe Noah Carter could take a little bit more of that role. Well, so far, obviously, Carter is not quite Kobe Brown, and and he probably is not going to be. I think we need to accept that. But one way or the other, I think Missouri has got to find some easier ways to get buckets. But hey, thanks as always for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day, regardless if we're talking about a horrifying basketball loss or a thrilling football loss, and often just a lot of stuff in between. I'm going to have it here for you all the time. But frankly, this week, I don't know what my schedule is going to be like just yet here during Thanksgiving. Of course, we're going to talk about the Arkansas game. We've got Missouri basketball on Wednesday as well. Just don't have my schedule nailed down yet, but I'll keep you abreast over at x.com slash locked on Mizzou. So follow me over there if you want your real-time updates. So until next time, I am John Miller. And by the way, for those of you on YouTube, this is a Jeremy Macklin number 19. It's not Kadarius Tony. So go Chiefs in the Super Bowl rematch tonight. And I'll see you guys next time right here on Locked on Mizzou.